This episode of Hearsay is sponsored by Shalot Law, a personal injury law firm with serious credentials for serious cases. For more information, visit their website at shalotlaw.com. That's C-H-A-L-A-T law.com. Last month, Colorado joined 18 other states that have enacted legislation regulating autonomous vehicles. They're now allowed on Centennial State roadways, as long as driving laws are obeyed and a human operator is in the car. A handful of manufacturers, including Ford, Volvo, GM, and Honda, have plans to roll out self-driving cars in the coming years. But as auto dealers and tech companies look to the future of travel, will legislation get left in the dust? This is Hearsay from Law Week, Colorado. I'm Kaylee LaQuay. M-City is a 32-acre facility at the University of Michigan. It's the world's first space like it, designed just for autonomous vehicle testing. I spoke with Bryce Pills, the lead of the legal working group, about the legislative hurdles of autonomous technology. Can you paint a picture of M-City for us? What do people think of when you tell them where you work? Picture you know, having 32 acres to work with where you can design you know, any sort of cityscape or infrastructure that could test the ability of a, a driverless car or a car that's communicating with other cars or infrastructure. So, you know, it has everything from, you know, fake buildings and tight corners to, to entrance ramps to a fake tunnel. You know, and, and when, you, when you're there, it's, you, know, you feel a little bit like you're, you're at the backstage at Universal Studios. Pills explained that M-City works with partners like Ford and State Farm and auto suppliers like Bosch and Delphi. I wanted to know how we've used the future of autonomous vehicles and how law will govern them. Are we at a point now, or do you think we will be soon, where laws can't guide us in these matters concerning autonomous vehicles? Does legislation have a ways to go in terms of catching up with the technology? So I think early on there was some really um, sharp concerns about whether states were going to pass laws that may um, really disincentivize the technology providers from investing in the technology and trying to bring it to market. And now I think we've seen a refinement in, in some of these state laws, and they're much more permissive in terms of allowing the, the technology to, to come to market in its, in its full capabilities of allowing truly driverless cars. Pills and his team consult with data specialists on matters like privacy and product liability. They're working through potential pitfalls as more manufacturers get ready to release more automated cars to the public. Perhaps like any other technology and new technology, it's going to take some time to get some of the kinks out. That's Ballard Spar partner David Staus. He specializes in issues of privacy and cybersecurity here in Denver. And he says, though state legislatures are trying to keep with the pace of technology, laws have some catching up to do with autonomous vehicles. Staus says the recent ransomware WannaCry attacks that brought down office networks in 150 countries through encrypted data and ransom demands are a good example of something that could happen with an autonomous vehicle server. There is no, nothing in my mind that distinguishes an attack like that on computer systems and an attack on autonomous vehicles computer systems that would have the same consequences. I mean, the, the, the parade of horribles that somebody would place in front of somebody would be 
the hacker taking over a car and driving it. In today's day and age, you want, you want to say almost anything is possible, right? I don't know if that's the, the risk that is uh, applicable to everyone. Uh, it's a unique situation. But certainly you can see from a manufacturer's perspective is how do we, as we're going through the process of trying to get fully autonomous vehicles to market, how do we build in information security procedures and steps into our design process to ensure that we're not going to have those issues? We wanted to see what all the fuss was about. I went with our producer, Hannah Blotter, to test out a Tesla Model X. Well, my name's Jason. I'm taking you guys out. So all right. Thanks, nice Jason. To meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Kaylee. Right now, the Model X is the only mass-produced consumer available car on the market. Everything yeah. is in. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a big spaceship. We hit the road to test out some of Tesla's automated features. If you are ready to go, we can pull on out. <laughs> so with your foot on the brake, we'll go all the way down here on this guy. Okay. So click it all the way down. You're in drive, and we'll go out right there. So it's already started. I can just go. Yep. Okay. Whoops. Oh my God. That is. <laughs> it's really responsive. touchy. Yeah. Standards laid out by the Society of Automotive Engineers consider Tesla a Class Two, meaning it's capable of partial automation. Colorado law now allows for up to Level Three automation. In a Class Five vehicle like Google's Waymo, the automated driving system controls all aspects of the driving task under all roadway conditions. So you see how you have those two gray symbols? Yeah. It means it's ready to go. So oh <laughs> if you're ready to give it a shot, that bottom stop just twice towards you. So one down. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, I, I can't explain this feeling. Oh my God. It's the most liberated I've felt in some time. Yeah, my foot is still like hesitating over the brake though yep, because I'm just yep, waiting. Exactly, and yeah. that's, you know, we're not used to giving up that control, but that's what's... Uh, yeah, it's it's so surreal to look down at this and the wheel is turning itself and adjusting for the lane. Like, wow. Oh my god, and even this showing this little car in front of me. Yeah, all on your heads up display. My god, that's incredible. <laughs> Jason showed us different features on the Tesla during the drive. He explained the software update process, and he says it's pretty painless, just like we do with our smartphones. David Staus pointed out, studies estimate that autonomous vehicles will put out roughly one gigabyte per hour of data. So that got me thinking, who's going to get access to this data? How's it stored and protected? Is it really so different from the data our smartphones produce? And what happens when the technology fails? Okay, you've got a product. You've got an Internet of Things product out there. And it's got, and it's fine today. No problems today from an information security point of view. What about in a year? If, if you have a smartphone, it probably downloads and updates your apps on a regular basis. It's applying security fixes on a regular basis because you got the manufacturer of the app who's pushing out those security updates. If they stop doing that, it leaves you exposed to the hacking risk there and the information security risk. So companies have to account for not only having original information security provisions in place in the product, but how long are they going to support the products? You know, for instance, uh, look around 
watching people drive around you, right? Uh, not everyone is driving a 2017 new car, right? Yeah. People are driving cars that are 10, 15, 20 years old. That's an incredibly long time to support a system for a manufacturer to dedicate that they would support a system. Not going to say that it won't happen, but it's things that manufacturers need to think through is the software update application of that. Pill says there's no shortage of questions to be answered concerning product liability. But he says we can expect a significant shift in the way insurance and liability works as responsibility begins to move away from drivers to software and equipment. You know, historically, if there was a car crash, you could you know, figure out what happened from a product liability perspective by finding the broken metal, so to speak. You know, in a software world where the, the fault is caused by lines of code, that's just a much more difficult thing to prove. Despite all the lingering questions, one thing remains certain. As autonomous vehicles become more available, they promise to change the way we get from A to B altogether. You know, when you start to think of a world where either you don't have to drive or maybe you don't have to own a car, you know, it's easy to get really excited about that. You know, we all get frustrated sitting in traffic and we are all busy and have better uses of our time. For now, though, drivers like Hannah can still enjoy some of the simple driving pleasures with a 21st century so, twist. When you're, whenever you're ready, just stomp on the gas pedal, put it to the floor, <laughs> and just point it straight. Holy <laughs> <laughs> So Straight up got some whiplash there, oh my god. So that kind of gives you a feel for that, oh. that power. <laughs> like I just, I basically blinked and it was 65. <laughs> that was incredible. To hear more stories on cutting edge legal topics that are shaping Colorado, visit us at lawweekcolorado.com or subscribe to Hearsay on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review.